We're going to talk to Tip Reedy, the superintendent of Williamsville-Sherman Schools. Good morning, Tip. And uh, the first question I have for you is the same one I had for Jennifer Gill. You've had a chance to look over the governor's 60-page uh, uh, guidelines for you for the 2020-2021 school year. Anything jump out at you that's going to be really difficult to uh, uh, put together for the school year? Well, good morning. Thanks for having me on here today. And, uh, yeah, we're still combing through the 63-page document, and we'll work together with our administrators and our teacher teams uh, getting that together. But it's kind of the wide parameters that I thought that ISBE would give everybody and let each school district, which is unique in their own way, to set the return to school policies that best fits their needs. But, uh, you know, there's going to be some challenges to face in regards to the face coverings and the 50 individuals and the social distancing and then the symptom checks and then uh, the cleaning and uh, disinfection. You know, all schools have great policies and procedures in regards to that. But there'll be some challenges we'll have to navigate through to provide the best opportunity for all of our kids to learn and and do what's best for kids. Have you seen any of the gaps in technology when it comes to the uh, in-person versus the uh, remote learning that's going to be possibly uh, you know, put out there at a moment's notice. You know, the uh, state officials say, well, we could all of a sudden see a spike in cases or an increase in cases, and then we'll have to do uh, in you know remote learning. Have, have there been any technology gap issues for the Williamsville District? Of course there has. You know, back in March when it uh, came about real fast, you know, we were flying by the seat of our pants, excuse me, and making things happen, and our teachers did an awesome job uh, rallying together to get kids materials. But We've had time to reflect on that remote learning and that distance learning and uh, got some procedures in place to get additional kids' devices and hotspots to help their Internet connectivity. And and the positive out of what happened with that remote learning is our teachers had to go to their toolbox and develop a, another instructional tool. So it's made them stronger teachers. So. We have a little bit of guidance now with preparations for moving in the future. Obviously, we would like to stay in school uh, the entire time, but as much um, communication that's coming from everybody, they're saying you better be ready to go remote at any time once you get started. So our teachers will be preparing uh, physical in-person lessons. They'll be preparing learning packets to send home for kids and then using technology as an instructional tool on their daily lessons. So when we do make the switch, it'll be a lot easier transition then, of course, you know, the traditional grading practices, attendance, and expectations will be beefed up compared to what occurred earlier on in the March, April, and May uh, remote learning situation. Tip Brady, superintendent of Williamsville Sherman Schools, is with us on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY 729 on the morning news feed. Tip, talking about uh, the masks and some of the other requirements, and we know kids will be kids. You know, what does your district plan to do about uh, kids that are a little bit defiant about that, that may not wear the mask or come to the school without without their mask that day? Is there, there going to be a discipline issue, much like you'd see for other violations in school policy? I think it'd be an extreme case if there was a discipline issue. We'll do our best, and I think part of it is the educational learning process, educating the parents. These are the rules, educating the kids. These are the rules and parameters that we need to abide by at this time and respect each other's health. And uh, I think our kids are resilient and our parents are resilient and they'll understand the, the situation they're in, and, and I'm confident that they'll comply and We'll do the best we can, you know, with little kindergartners, that's a challenge. I mean, even, you know, really K-3, it'd be a challenge for the expectations. And even the higher, older kids up to 12th grade, you know, you see kids all around the communities and stuff like that. 
exercise and playing in parks, playing games, and, and they don't have any masks on. And then all of a sudden they come to school and they're going to be required to wear one for, uh, you know, six, seven hours in a day. So, yeah, obviously it's going to face some challenges. But I think if we educate and inform people the need and this is how we got to operate, it's the new norm, uh, I think it, I'm confident that it'll work out. Uh, getting to one of Greg's questions that he wanted to unpack before uh, we went to break about uh, the lunch situation and, and eating and things like that. You know, what is that going to look like in the Williamsville-Sherman School District? Well, once again, we'll have to be creative because that'll be a larger group than 50. But uh, we might be in a position where we could stagger our, stagger our lunches. Uh, we'll be working with the administrators and the, and the cooks, uh, probably some grab-and-go meals, sack lunches, that type of thing to be able to get students in and out. And we'll also be able to feed them outside in our open green space areas. So, you know, we'll have procedures and practices in place to do our best we can with social distancing during those meal times. Uh, you know, maybe two classes at a time get to go eat at the elementary and then break down the junior high and high school courses in regards to that. But uh, that'll be something we'll have to navigate through also. And you talked about, uh, you know, how to handle situations where a student may not want to wear a mask. Um, will there be masks on hand or uh, how is that going to be handled, for instance, if a student loses a mask? Because, I mean, let's face it, students are going to lose these cloth masks that the uh, State Board of Education is going to be offering up to everybody. Um, so uh, how how is that going to be handled? Uh, is it uh, is it going to be, you know, giving detention or, uh, you know, having somebody write an essay about it? Or uh, how do you address possibly? And, and, and this is an honest and sincere question because I foresee this happening because it's already oh, happened yeah. in the overall debate. What What's the school district going to do when, when somebody raises a free speech issue over this? Yeah, we'll just have to address that situation when it occurs, you know, educating the the reasons why and those type of things. I look at it as if they forget their mask. It's kind of like when kids, you know, forget to bring a pencil to class. You just give them a pencil. We'll just give them another mask. I know that they're going to be issued two cloth masks per student from the state, and we greatly appreciate that. We'll have additional face coverings on hand, too. And, uh, you know, if it gets to the extreme situation where a student's defiant and not following the rules, we'll just have to send them home. And, uh, um, you know, that's part of the communication, the education, and what we need to do over here to to, to take care of the kids. So we'll follow procedures and protocols, but uh, we'll have additional masks on hand, and hopefully it doesn't get to that extreme situation. Well, and one thing that's also part of all of this that um, uh, public health and education officials yesterday during the governor's announcement laid out, uh, other than the governor saying there wouldn't be penalties for school districts that don't necessarily comply, uh, they did say that uh, it's really going to be up to the local districts and the local public health departments uh, to put together these plans, to finalize these plans, and to formulate them. Uh, so how how closely have you been working with the local health department, and uh, how uh, crucial is that uh, relationship in this? It's very crucial. We've had some other plans that, excuse me, that we ran by our school attorney and insurance companies and obviously Sangamon County uh, Department of Public Health. And once we get our return to learn plan, it'll be ran uh, by those three entities and, and make changes due to their recommendations. And then, and then we'll move forward and uh, communicate that plan to our teachers, which will be developed. The plan will be developed by our administrators and teachers and communicate that final plan to all the stakeholders and, and we'll move forward and have school. 
Williamsville Sherman School Superintendent Tip Reed. He's with us on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. One final question. Obviously, Friday Night Lights are pretty popular in Williamsville. You guys get overflow crowds all the time. How, what, what is that going to look like in the pandemic? Well, right now we're focusing on a return to learn, and we'll follow the guidance from the IHSA in regards to that and uh, see what we can do. Uh, you know, I've heard some things of limiting attendance and those type of things, and I really haven't spent much time focusing on that because education is our number one priority in Williamsville. But I'm sure that'll work out, too, the best it can. It'll be a different norm than, than what's occurred. You know, we have uh, Bullets TV, so people might be watching it live remotely more than what we've had in the past. All right, terrific. Listen, Tip, thank you so much. Good luck with all the planning in the upcoming 2020-2021 school year. Hey, thank you for calling.